Did you know that Roe versus Wade was argued twice before the United States Supreme Court? Did you know the story of Roe v. Wade is wrapped up in conspiracy? I'm Mark Harrington, and you've tuned in to Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can find out more by going to createdequal.org. And on today's program, we're going to be discussing the new film entitled Roe v. Wade. And we're going to be doing that with, our, with actor and producer Nick Lowe. But before we do, I want to play the, a, a bit of the, the movie trailer. So go ahead and play that clip. We will hear arguments in Roe against Wade. You may proceed. If you really want to know how abortion became legal in our country, I will tell you the true story. Dr. Mildred Jefferson, would you like to head up a Right to Life group that I'm starting? Dr. Bernard Nathanson's clinics are performing a thousand abortions per week. That's why I'm taking up the fight. I wanted to get abortion legalized across the country. We're looking for a pregnant girl to challenge the abortion laws. We'll give her a pseudonym, call her Jane Roe. It's genius that we no one will ever know about her past. First, they came after the Jews, and then they came after the mentally deficient. We did nothing, and now they're coming after the unborn. And so you're going to do nothing? Robert. All right, so my guest today is Nick Loeb. He's an actor and a producer, and he also he produced this, this movie, Roe vs. Wade. Nick, thanks for being on the program. Mark, thank you so much for having me. All right, Nick. So listen, I've been following this for a long time. I've seen the movie. Um, we are actually, as an organization, going to watch the movie tomorrow. Oh, great. Uh, hopefully, as a group. And um, so I've been following this for a long, long time. And uh, first of all, I just want to ask you a couple questions. When we talk about Roe versus Wade, you know, it's kind of everybody's heard of it. Uh, people know some a lot, some about it. They know maybe a little bit about it, but a lot of people have heard of it. What inspired you to make a movie about Roe versus Wade now almost 50 years past the when the U.S. Supreme ha uh, Court handed down the. the uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say <clears throat> a couple of things I want to address before I answer that. Number, number one, um, I like to say Roe v. Wade is the case that everyone has heard about but nobody knows anything about. And when you say little, literally, I would say 99% of Americans don't know one thing about Roe. The only thing they know is it legalized abortion in America. And that's it. And that was the only thing I knew. And so when I, when the case was, when the case, when the, when the movie idea was brought to me, you know, I've been in the film business for a long time. I, I literally, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that nobody had really made a, a real feature film about, the entire case of how it got there, how it was decided. Um, but it, it, funnily enough, my initial reaction when pitched the idea was um, to my friend, I say, you know I'm pro-life. I mean, why would I do a pro-choice movie? Hmm. And and he's like, no, 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 you don't know this real story. And I think everybody thinks when they hear of Roe v. Wade, it's it's a pro-choice story. And yeah. and when he started to explain, no, did you know that this happened, this kid lies and manipulation. And I, it sort of intrigued me. And I said, well, maybe, maybe, you know, um, I always thought maybe why didn't Hollywood make the movie? Maybe it was boring. But then I started to read and research. And um, I mean, it was fascinating. I mean, there were so many things that, you know, we weren't even able to put in and in fit into two hours that would blow your mind. I mean, this really should have been like a, 
you know, a mini series or a limited series with the amount of mm-hmm. conspiracy and manipulation and like Oliver Stone's, you know, assassinations and like it, it gets deep. And so um, it deserved a lot more than what we were able to get it. But we, this was the, the only platform we could get it done on. My guest today is Nick Loeb. He's the producer of Roe v. Wade, the movie. And folks, this is going to be available here on April 2nd to the public. But you can pre-order now by going to iTunes and basically any of the or Amazon, I believe. And Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong here is where people can get it. But it will be available to the public on April 2nd. You can pre-order right now. That's Roe v. Wade, the movie. Uh, Nick, when you talk about Roe versus Wade, I mean, as I said before, you're right. People know very little about it. They think they know everything about it. But there are some things in the movie that you bring forward that had never been brought forward before. Could you name one or two of those? Sure. And, I, you know, I think it's interesting because most of the things that have been out there about Roe v. Wade have all been documentaries. I mean, there's been documentaries on both sides, on the left and the right. I mean, this is the first time anyone's really tackled making a sort of a feature narrative narrative film with actors and you know and i and so some of the things that haven't you know we really dug into sort of the history of what happened to the i mean as you had mentioned the the case was heard twice there was a couple uh the supreme court justices whose family members were involved with planned parenthood and there's a lot of conflicts of interest around i don't want to get into obviously too much because i don't want to give away sort of uh, right. Things a lot of people were learned throughout the way, but you know, there's an entire strategy built around getting Roe passed that had nothing to do with Roe or Wade. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> you know, Roe versus Wade had literally nothing to do with Roe or Wade, <laughs> which is also fascinating. A lot of people who see the movie, or a lot of people who know in know parts of the story, were dis- are, are disappointed by saying, you know, I hope they show. This about Jane Roe, and, th- and I say Jane Roe, her real name's Norma McCorby, for, for your listeners who don't know who Roe was. Um, and people come to me who's really involved in me, well, Nick, you know, why are there's only really two scenes with Jane Roe in the whole movie? And what people don't realize is Jane Roe had nothing to do with the case. It's essentially, we yeah. try to follow history. Right. The, they went out, they wanted to find a girl, they met her, they signed her up, and never spoke to her again. Mm-hmm. At least she didn't even find out the results of the case until she saw it in the media. And so yeah. we literally followed that timeline. And her story, you know, really had nothing really to do. The only thing, part of her story that was interesting is they completely lied, manipulated, and used her to get what they wanted for the Gorns. And that we show. But then, you know, you know, her whole, she wasn't really involved. And there was a 1989 movie. Uh, just made for TV about this, but it really it was a, it was a Nor- it was a Jane Roe Norma Corby story again, which again had nothing to do with the court case. Well, it's interesting. I, I obviously I've met uh, Norma Corby. Uh, she's since passed, and uh, it's it's the truth is as you say that she was manipulated and used by the uh, pro-choice movement and uh, came to you know redact or you know tell basically that she you know everything she believed prior she didn't believe anymore uh did you get an opportunity to interview her or meet her before she passed away no um i was able to interview um and speak to some of the people um involved with her so um i'm blanking on on his name right the the gentleman who who baptized norma uh flip uh, benham Rev- i was able to interview flip 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Norma was a Frank of them as well. Frank. Well, Frank was very involved in helping us with the films of Frank and Alvida King. And, and I just, it was very hard to get in touch with Norma. She was very sort of like, you know, very yeah, difficult. And I think it was challenging that during that time before she passed. So mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, no, we didn't get to speak to Norma. And, and, you know, and we read all of her books and talked to people around who really knew her. And she was such a small part of the movie anyway. Again, my guest is Nick Loeb. You can find out more by going to RoeVWadeMovie.com, and the movie comes out uh, to the public on April 2nd, but you can pre-order by going to iTunes and and Amazon, Google Play. Uh, Where else can they pick it up on April 2nd, Nick? Yeah, so this Friday, this weekend, Easter weekend, you know, everybody, you know, unfortunately with COVID, everyone was probably stuck at home with not much to do. Uh, You know, anybody who's got cable, satellite, It'll be on demand on every single cable and a local cable and satellite provider in the country. Um, if you prefer to stream it on Amazon, uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Vudu, uh, pretty much everyone should be able to, ha- you know, anybody with an iPhone computer or TV should be able to see the movie this weekend. Uh, so, Nick, as I was, you know, kind of reading this, the uh, sum- summary of the, the, the movie and, of course, seeing the movie. Uh, obviously, most pro-lifers know the name Dr. Bernard Nathanson, but many do not know Dr. Mildred Jefferson. Talk about her, because I think that uh, that part of the movie uh, was very, very interesting. Yeah, so um, Dr. Mildred Jefferson was the first African-American woman to graduate Harvard Medical School. Uh, and I think uh, I think she was one of the, the first chief surgeon at Boston University. I could be off on the title, but um, and what I what I what I like to say and I find really interesting uh, about Mildred Jefferson is that anytime an African American or a woman in this country either breaks the glass ceiling or breaks some sort of ba- barriers, she is revered, talked about, statues, history in school, everyone knows her name. Unfortunately, no one has ever heard of Dr. Mildred Jefferson. And I truly believe the reason of that is because she was the second president of the National Right to Life. Uh, and she spent most of her life as a crusader for life. And, and that's what she was known for. And so I think if she was um, if she was on the other side with Bell Abzug and Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem, uh, marching, you know, marching for women's women's equality and abortion, you know, she would, you know, the media would have re- revered her. But because she's on the side of life, nobody talks about it. And it's sad, especially in the time today with Black Lives Matter, we should be, you know, on women's rights issues, you know, still in the forefront. I think that, you know, anybody who has achieved such, you know, goals and overcome should be talked about and revered. So this will be the first time, you know, she'll be out there in film. And I think this is an amazing, and a lot of people are super excited. I know Stacey Dash is super excited to play her. Dr. Amelia King was overwhelmed and with uh, emotion to be able to play her mother. And mm-hmm. so I think this was a, an amazing opportunity to bring Mildred to life. Nick Loeb's my guest. Uh, you can check out the uh, movie at RoeVWadeMovie.com and it's available pre-order right now, but should be a, it will be available to the public on April 2nd. That's Good Friday. Uh, so pick it up, watch it on iTunes or any other um, of the uh, platforms that will be made available. Uh, Nick, uh, I mentioned up front about the conspiracy 
theory, if you will, and you likened this to the JFK movie. I don't think a lot of people think that there was anything going on behind the scenes that might make it conspiratorial. If you would, uh, without giving away too much of the movie, because I'm sure those are things you found out that maybe most people aren't aware of. Is there is there some conspiracy behind Roe versus Wade that we don't know about? You know, I think the the, the conspiracy is essentially it, it was it was a whole group of people that sort of conspired to utilize the media, manipulate the media to get in mm -hmm. like completely lie to yeah. essentially push their agenda. And and you'll see how they actually did that in the movie. Um, none of it's made up. I mean, a lot of the elite people who were involved in this actually came out and admitted it years later. <clears throat> um, and, and we specifically point out, you know, articles that they planted and people can go look those articles up. I mean, though, you know, there was hundreds of articles. We list them by in the movie by date, month, time, you know, within within the, the dialogue and, and, and the story. So this was, a, you know, this was extremely uh, well orchestrated plan between Planned Parenthood and NARAL uh, to push their agenda. <clears throat> you know, one of the and there are a lot of other cool conspiracy things that we, unfortunately we left out of the movie. And I, I'm hoping one day uh, to do, you know, graphic novel to be able to include all these things, you know, that I can use as a teaching tool alongside the movie to, to universities and high schools around the country, then I will have a lot more than just um, the movie. And then I'll give you one of the interesting facts for your, for your listeners um, that you, you won't see in the movie just because they were just, the movie would have gone too long. <clears throat> so there, the, the Norma McCorby Jane Rowe had a lawyer her, her original lawyer was her adoption lawyer because she actually never had an abortion. She had several right. kids and gave them all up for adoption. So she had an adoption attorney. <laughs> her adoption attorney is essentially the person who connected Norma with Planned Parenthood to help her get this abortion. And he, she, in Nayral, and he was really the only guy that was outside the circle of Nayral Planned Parenthood to know that they completely lied, manipulated, and everything. So this this adoption attorney, six months after Roe was assassinated. Mm. Um, in the backwoods of Texas. Never heard of and, that. Yeah. And do you know who prosecuted his assassin? No. Henry Wade. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you know, it leaves yeah. some questions, you know, like, and, you know, you don't in the, the it was a random assassin. You, there was no rhyme or reason for it. It wasn't, there was, a, you know, and so it begs to ask the question, how, why, and at that also at the time, so the lawyer for for uh, Norma was very powerful. She was part of the Texas government. She was part of the Texas House of Representatives at the time. Mm -hmm. Again, my guest is Nick Loeb. You can check out the movie Roe v. Wade, the movie at roevwademovie.com. Uh, Nick, uh, your own journey through this, uh, you know, I'm curious as to what you learned by producing the movie, not obviously about Roe versus Wade, but just personally about uh, abortion. Uh, also, if you would talk about some of the actors, I mean, you've got John Voight, you've got others in the um, movie. If you would, what, 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 what did you learn? What was the journey through creating and now releasing, producing and releasing this movie? And then tell us some of the, some of the um, you know, I think it, it was an incredible journey. I mean, you know, I've never, you know, although I've been in the film business for 25 years, I've never been part of a project 
from when I say beginning to end, when, you know, people think the beginning is, you know, you get a script and go make a movie. No, the beginning is when you take a piece of, take a pen and put it to paper. Uh, um, and, and so being involved in the process, literally from writing the first word uh, to the end was an incredible process, an incredible journey. Um, we had a, a lot of great actors who were involved, as you had mentioned, John Boyd. Um, but I, you know, I grew up, uh, I don't know how old you are, I'm 45, and I, I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And so we had a, a lot of incredible seasoned actors who were all at one time were famous, uh, you know, during the careers, like, you know, John Schneider from Dukes of Hazzard or Superman. And um, you had uh, Steve Gutenberg from Police Academy or Robert Davi or Joey Lawrence from Blossom and Stacey Dash from Clueless and Jamie Kennedy from Scream. And, and so, you know, having all of these extremely seasoned actors there and especially when i was you know a little kid watching a lot of these guys on tv were my heroes it was uh it was almost just like a surreal experience at times being able to now direct these guys uh and i think the journey was interesting and i think with the audience also <clears throat> there's a lot of misconception with a lot of the actors that are that are in the movie and so people will see see the movie and immediately say, oh my god is this is some faith-based christian right pro-life mm -hmm. movie and yes right do we have a lot of conservative actors in the movie sure there's a couple i can tell you most of them are not pro-life and which is you know which is super interesting <clears throat> and i think you can't yeah. judge a book by its cover and i think there's right. a well, if they're not pro-life why do they do your movie i said to be honest most of the actors in the movie weren't 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 i mean none of the you know i would say half the conservatives in the movie were pro-life and nobody else and so I would say maybe 75% of the cast was pro-choice. Well, why would they do your movie? Because I go, because they're actors and they're playing roles and they're playing characters. Right. And I think that, Refreshing. you know, I think they felt that it was a balanced portrayal of what happened. Uh, and I think they were excited to play historical. I mean, actors love being able to play historical figures and being able to, and I don't think Supreme Court justices have been betrayed in any movie. And so for these guys to play, you know, these guys who are essentially legends of their time at some point and extremely famous people in history uh these actors are super excited to get to you know dig their teeth into those roles well not to uh you know there's a stigma out there that you know christian movies even though this isn't one of those really are you know not very well produced or acted and you know and they're not really well put together sometimes kind of sappy I didn't find Roe v. Wade, the movie, that way at all. I thought the acting was good. The, the, the filming was great. Uh, so I, I exhort people to go watch this movie. You can do it uh, on Good Friday. It's available uh, to the public. And you can do that by going to iTunes. It's also order uh, available by pre-order. And, Nick, if you would, tell everybody else where else they can get it. It's available all over the place. So yeah, they can get on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu. Uh, if you've got cable, it's on demand, whether it's Comcast, Verizon, at and If you've got satellite, Dish Network, or DirecTV, uh, it's on pay-per-view and on demand there. Essentially, any service you can have is, is on demand and available uh, this weekend. All right, folks. So you want to go do that. Uh, check it out. Uh, if you think you know everything about Roe versus Wade, you don't until you watch this movie, because uh, you're going to learn some things that you didn't know prior. Uh, you know, it's 48 years since the the decision was handed down by the U.S. Supreme Court. 
But there's still a lot of things that Americans don't know about what happened. And I think you're going to find this movie very informative. As a pro-life activist, it's something we need to know about because we talk about this with a lot of folks out there. And there's a lot of confusion about the the decision of Roe versus Wade and the inner workings that led to it. Uh, and a lot of uh, those things we need to know as we're talking to people who are uh, pro-choice out there. Uh, one other thing I found interesting in the in the movie, Nick, was the interplay between the pro-choice crowd and the pro-life groups. Uh, in the movie, you show that it looks like anyway that the pro-life groups were caught off guard. That's hard for me to imagine, actually. I mean, that that here you have a U.S. Supreme Court decision that's about ready to be handed down. It's not like they didn't know this was going on, at least from my understanding. They, you know, they they basically heard the case twice. If you could explain what, what was going on between the pro-choice <coughs> and pro-life crowd. Yeah, I think people need to go back. You know, people either who weren't around back then don't realize or people who were, or were around back then maybe forgot. Um, there, there was no pro-life movement, number one. It just mm-hmm. started and just right. started for this particular case, number one. Uh, mm-hmm. There weren't, we have, you know, weren't millions of people involved in this movement around the country. And I, and the, the main reason why we're completely caught off guard because the pro-lifers literally thought and in a lot of pro-choicers, I mean, even I would say a lot of liber- liberal people, it was a very small group of people who, who wanted abortion. Um, and, and it was co-opted with women, but everyone really thought there was no way this could potentially happen. Like it was like, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, okay, so sure. They're going to pass a law that I can just walk into a bar and shoot whoever I want. Like it was that mentality. Like, yeah. so they didn't take it seriously. They thought it was a joke. Because they, they literally, they it was like, they believed no way could the government allow you to just to kill your baby? Um, and so nobody took it seriously because nobody. And also, I mean, you'll find out. I mean, ha- most of the justices were Catholics. A lot of them were Catholics. Um, and so, I mean, you'll have to see. And then, I mean, and the conservatives had the majority of the court also. So, you know, the conservatives had the majority of the court. You know, even some of the liberals on the court were were Catholics. Yeah. Could you share what happened between the first hearing and the second hearing? We got about a minute and a half left. Yeah. I think so, that you know, a lot of people don't even know there was a first uh, no, hearing. So, of the so case. the Brody movie really just heard twice in 1971 and 1972. The decision came out in 73. Right. Um, the, uh, the first time it was heard, uh, there was only seven justices. And typically on the Supreme Court, we have nine. Right. Two are just retired due to health issues. And the vote was very close on the first go around. And so some of the justices wanted it to be reheard. Uh, and there was, I think there was some alternative motivations in wanting it to be reheard because they were just, they just were. And, um, uh, and so that's why it was heard again. Now, a lot happened between publicly between yeah. both both cases which essentially pushed justices into different decision making realms and no different than you see which is interesting i think you know different to today how much influence the media has on on our courts today as you can see through the election process here yeah. in our country uh right. nothing's really changed in 50 years <laughs> that's for sure that's for sure 
Uh, again, Nick Loeb is my guest today here on the Mark Harrington Show. And folks, you can find out more by going to markharrington.org. We're also uh, streamed on all my social media platforms. You can pick our program up on all your popular podcasting platforms as well. And we're also available on American Family Radio. If you would, Nick, uh, tell everybody where they can get the uh, get the, the movie and watch the movie when it comes out on Good Friday. Uh, yeah, they can, they can see the movie on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Anybody who's got uh, sat, satellite local cable, it'll be on demand this weekend. Um, so when you're all sitting at home on Easter Sunday or Saturday before with, with bad weather out, if you're in the Northeast, uh, it's a great time to watch the movie with your friends and family. Again, my guest today has been Nick Loeb. He's the producer of the movie Roe vs. Wade. He also plays Dr. Bernard Nathanson in the movie uh, and again, you can find out more by going to RoeVWadeMovie.com. Uh, folks, I want you to take action. I want you to watch this movie, get a group of people together, watch it together, talk about it, share it with other people, because this is going to give you more information about that infamous decision of Roe versus Wade. You've been listening to your radio activists. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to the Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.